putting things into a box, putting tiny corner of your brain. No, you put and if you forget about it, it goes away. No, you put him in just like your bills. Put in a drawer, shut the drawer, you never see him again. If you forget about it, it goes away. That's the Italian Catholic Midwest way. Felt right at home listening to Heather Gay give that little nugget of advice. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. We are back with the Housewives recaps after a short holiday hiatus. That's right. It's the holidays. That's right. Get on your feet. It's the holidays. Get on your feet, or rather sit tight, little bear, because I got three pages of notes on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Also, Potomac's riding hot. We got a detour that I'm going to share with you in just a moment. And... I have an Everything Iconic exclusive from one of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. That's right, the night before Thanksgiving. I'm with my parents. My mom and dad, Gary and Linda Pellegrino, were in town visiting for Thanksgiving holiday. We had a gorgeous, nice Thanksgiving dinner. We decorated the tree. I've never had my parents in town for the holidays. So my mom got to see the tree I put up, and we got to do the ornaments the whole night. Although Linda was a little confused by all the ornaments that I have in my tree because I got a lot of pop culture ornaments, and she's like putting them up, and she's like, She's like, look, and I got like an ornament that's just a picture of Jessica and Ashley Simpson. She's like, who are these gals? She's like, Dan, who are they? And it's just a picture. (laughs) Somebody sent me these ornaments, Jessica and Ashley. I also got one that's like Jessica on Nick's lap. Nick Lachey is dressed as Santa Claus and she's on his lap. And then the person who sent me these ornaments, they were an Everything Iconic listener. And I have to say thank you. I don't know who it was, but thank you. I still treasure them on my tree. But they gave me this ornament with Nick and Jessica, and Nick's face just has like a X on it. <laughs> so my mom's like, who's that? Who's she sitting on, Dan? And uh, so anyway, we decorated the tree. But I uh, was sitting tight the night before Thanksgiving, enjoying my time with my family, got the tree up, and then I get an Instagram DM from a housewife. And I always get nervous when a housewife DMs me because I'm never sure what they're going to do. I'm never sure if they're going to yell at me, if they're going to be upset by something I say on the show. My heart sinks a little bit every time I get one of them notifications. But it was from Meredith Marks. Now, before the holiday, I was recapping The Real House of Salt Lake City. And on the last episode of Salt Lake City, Meredith had this loving scene with her sister, whose her sister's name was Myra. But on the show, I pointed out that it, it sort of sounded like she said mayor. It sounded like Meredith was calling her Mayor, and then the sister was calling Meredith Mayor, and like, <laughs> just saying these weird names. It is different, Meyer. And so it turns out Meredith listened to the podcast, and she was with the sister the night before Thanksgiving, and she sent me a DM. Now, the video, I can't show you all, but I'm going to play a little audio clip from the video that they sent me, but they were cooking the bird, or rather, there was somebody behind them cooking the raw turkey. So we just saw the raw turkey in the background. And Meredith and Mayor uh, sent me this video, and I'm going to just play a little audio clip from the video. It really brightened my holiday, and I hope it brightens yours, too. So this is Meredith and Sister Mayor, the day before Thanksgiving. Hi, Danny. Hi. I'm here with a special surprise. It's Mayor. Mayor. Hello. <laughs> and we have a new guest. We have a new, new special guest. Besides Duke. Duke. <laughs> And oh, they do. Oh, and yeah. her name is it's spelled G L O R I A. But her name I only is call her the Peach. We call her the Peach. And so anyway, Mayor here. I never knew I called her Mayor. I always thought I called her Myra, as you said, or Mai. But apparently, I did say Mayor. 
the boost of serotonin I got from this video, you guys. I mean, it truly made my whole Thanksgiving holiday. And I was showing my mom. I was trying to explain to her this video and trying to explain that to Linda Pellegrino. It was worse than trying to explain the Ashley Simpson ornament on my Christmas tree because she didn't understand. I was like, well, these are these people on the show. And meanwhile, that whole video was sponsored by Chardonnay. I do not have a Chardonnay. I'm certain a box of Franzia was open for they took that video, and I loved every moment of it. But the lot to talk about because the person who was cooking the bird behind them, it was, again, the video just had the raw bird behind them, and they said her name was spelled G-L-O-R-I-A, but then they called her Duke and also the Peach, and it was like, I'm... So confused about these nicknames, but I loved every last second of it. And I wish every housewife would send me a DM like that before they get ready for their Thanksgiving dinners while they're having a glass of Chardonnay because nothing was better. And honestly, we all need the Chardonnay to get through the holidays. We do because it's a stressful season. Again, my family was in town and I just wanted to share a little full house detour with you because after my parents left, they went off to Vegas to sit on the slot machines. They said, see you later, son. We're going to gamble. So they abandoned me for the penny slot machines in Vegas. And I understand that because we all need to relax this time of year. We're all doing too much. We're trying to have a perfectly clean house, a perfect meal, perfect gifts, perfect gift wrapping. It's all too much. So they needed to get away after Thanksgiving to relax a little bit. And I felt myself that I needed to unwind a little bit after having them for all those days because I was trying to have a perfect meal and all that kind of good stuff while they were here. And so I decided the next day to take a little trip up to the weed shop here in Los Angeles. They got weed shops everywhere you can buy. It's legal here in California. And I don't smoke often. Actually, since I moved, I had never smoked. I hadn't been to the weed shop near my house, so I went to this new place. And I asked for this one like vape pen thing that I like that apparently is very weak because when I went to ask the gentleman at the weed shop for it, he started like giggling at me. <laughs> He started laughing at me. He said, we call that the, uh, what he, he said, we call that the soccer mom weed. And I, I was thinking it was a compliment. I was like, oh, like when I, somebody, uh, compares me to a soccer mom, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a compliment because normally I think of myself as like an, an elderly woman. So I figured at least they think of me as a young mom instead of a 80 plus woman. Anyway, he's like, that's the soccer mom weed. And I was like, well, I'll take it. So I get home. And I decided to relax a little bit. I don't want to, I didn't want to think about work. I didn't want to think about entertaining. I just wanted to vegetate in a room watching TV. So I'm smoking a little bit and I'm on my streaming services. And this time of year, all the streaming services have all these special Christmas collections. And I love watching holiday stuff. You know, I've been binging Alf on Peacock, but I decided to branch out into other 80s and 90s sitcoms, and I was in the HBO Max app, and they have a whole section dedicated to, like, 90s sitcom holiday episodes. And after I got a little bit stoned, meanwhile, I'm like Meryl Streep, and it's complicated at this point. Like, I'm just giggly. I'm just having the best time by myself in the HBO Max app. (laughs) So I decide, it says, watch these holiday classic uh, sitcom episodes, and it recommends... Full House. Now, I have a complicated history and past with Candace Cameron Boring. You knew I do not care for that woman. However, as a 90s kid, I did watch Full House, and I haven't watched an episode of that show in years and years and years, although I did watch every episode of Fuller House, and that's on me. Tale for another time. So I decided to put on this episode that was recommended to me, a Fuller House Christmas episode. It was season six. And there's this scene where they're all around the Christmas tree and they're opening up gifts and Michelle Tanner is opening gifts. And I see on the screen, there's a Candyland game underneath the Christmas tree. 
Now, again, this story is a journey, and I do want to apologize for it all. And I understand that it might get a little confusing. It gets a little wonky here. So, you know, you're going to have to follow along. If you got to take notes, you got to take notes. But I'm stoned. I see a Candyland game underneath the Christmas tree on the season six episode of Full House that I'm watching on HBO Max. And I think to myself, they can't possibly just be getting a Candyland game in season six, which is an insane thought to have. But again, weed. (laughs) And that's where my brain goes. And I turn into a pop culture detective oftentimes when I'm watching these things. I get into my iconic investigation era, and I'm thinking to myself, this can't possibly be the first time that these young girls are playing the Candyland game, because Candyland's a game that you get when you're a little, little kid. And so I decide to do some research. Now, I also have a holiday movie podcast with my friend Jenna Brister. It's called The Very Merry Iconic Podcast, where we recap holiday movies, and we often take these little detours or ventures into holiday sitcom episodes. So we often talk about them. So as I'm watching this episode, I'm thinking, oh, I should take some notes for Jenna and I to talk about this on the holiday podcast, okay? So in my brain at the moment, I'm thinking this can't possibly be the first time that these young girls are playing Candyland. They're getting the game for Christmas in season six. And so I start to get on Google and I'm Googling uh, have there been any other Candyland references on Full House prior to season six? Does that make any sense? Am I making sense? I hope I'm making sense. So <laughs> just wait, just wait. I promise the story gets good. So then uh, I find out in my due diligence, in my research, that actually there's a whole episode where Michelle plays Candyland and it's a season five episode. So in season five, episode 14 of Full House, Michelle plays Candyland. But in season six, episode 12, in the Christmas episode, they get a Candyland board game underneath the Christmas tree. So what is the truth? What is the truth? Now, I suppose there's an argument to be made that maybe something happened to the Candyland game they had in season five. They need to get a new replacement one for Christmas. But I didn't think about that when I was stoned. So oftentimes when I'm taking notes, I'm not always writing them down. I'm oftentimes emailing myself notes. I know some people use the notes app on their phone, but I like to email myself notes. So I go into my Google and I decide to email myself this bit of nugget of information that I decided was so important that I had to discuss it on a podcast and email myself so that I remember to talk about it on my holiday podcast. Well, it turns out I didn't actually email myself this information about these two competing full house episodes featuring the game Candyland. I actually emailed my primary care physician. Now, I'm not proud of this, but the next day I wake up and I look in my email and I got an email from my doctor. Now, the doctor's name also starts with a D. So I was meaning to email myself, but you know how when you email, it types in the name for you sometimes. So I started to write D, and I was so stoned out of my mind watching Full House (laughs) that I accidentally had sent the email to my doctor. My doctor gets this email. I'm going to read it. This is what I said to my doctor. It just says, no subject line either, by the way. It just says, in season five, episode 14 of Full House, Michelle is playing Candyland. <laughs> but in season six, episode 12, a very Tanner Christmas episode, there's Candyland under the tree. So that's the email, the email with no subject line that I send to my doctor. 
And the next day, he wrote me back right away. He wrote me back an email that just said, Hi. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. He said, Hi, Danny. Hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. Haven't seen either. Doctor. Now, <laughs> now that's the email response I got from my doctor, primary care doctor. It didn't say I'm going to check out those episodes. Just simply said, I haven't seen either. And I can only imagine what was going through this man's head. And I don't know if these doctors sometimes get stoned emails from other people. I don't make a habit of sending people stoned emails, but it happened. And I don't, I haven't responded yet because like, I don't even know what to say to the doctor because even as I'm explaining the story here on the podcast, it's like, I don't even know if it makes sense because it's hard to really follow that I was watching an episode of Christmas episode of Full House from the nineties and somehow spotted a Candyland board game. And then in my state of mind decided that that can't be the first time that these fictional characters have played the game Candyland. And so I decided somewhere along the way that they must have played it before. Then I went and did a recon on it and Googled and found out that there's a whole episode where Michelle plays Candyland in season five, a previous season. I mean, it's fucking nuts. I've seen fucking crazy. And so the doctor probably is like, what the fuck? Like, I'm sure they're going to up my meds somehow. Somewhere along the way, he's going to email me and be like, hey, maybe it's just you take something new. Because it's fucking nuts. It's fucking insane. And so I'm so embarrassed. And thankfully, I don't have an appointment with this man until my next physical. I don't know, April or something. But I'm, I might have to find a new doctor because I don't know that I could show my face again. And or do, do I just ignore it? Do I just pretend like that never happened next time I see the doctor? Or do I say, I'm sorry, like I got stoned after Thanksgiving and was watching Christmas holiday up to the full house? Like, what do I say? I don't know what I say. We're going to have to wait and see. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Watch what happens live because I'm next time in April when I have to go see that doctor. It's going to be, whew, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But anyway, that's what happened to me over Thanksgiving break. And so I just want to let you all know, be careful. And by the way, that guy who was at the weed shop telling me that it's not very strong weed, obviously it's strong enough for me to do something like that. So I can't even imagine what would happen if I had one of the ones that he was recommended. I mean, who knows what would happen? Who knows what the fuck would happen? Anyway, they have all them sitcom episodes. And by the way, I, I talked about this on the holiday podcast, but the ALF holiday special, if you haven't seen it, they have a couple of Christmas ALF episodes, but there's one particular one-hour episode that is the most insane hour of television you will ever see in your entire life. Because ALF, the Muppet, or the puppet, he's not technically a Muppet because he's not owned by Jim Henson, but he's like a puppet. The puppet, ALF, delivers a baby at a hospital on Christmas Eve. He also visits uh, dying children at a hospital. And then also there's a character who's about to jump off the bridge and Alf stops him. The man who's about to jump off the bridge thinks Alf's Santa Claus and somehow stops him from jumping off the bridge. I mean, it's the most insane episode you'll ever see of anything. And it's on Peacock, so I just have to say that. And by the way, the Full House episodes of Christmas are great, too. They're great. Anyway, let's get to the episode of The Real House of Salt Lake City because I know you guys are probably screaming at the thing saying, why are you still talking about Alf? And we're here for the housewives. <laughs> You guys just had to sit through 10 minutes of me talking about Full House again. I mean, if I had a nickel for every time I spent 10 minutes on Full House on this podcast, you guys would be a rich man. Anyway, uh, this week on The Real House of Salt Lake City, we open with Jen Shaw in this dramatic scene. She's putting in her contact lenses. She's thinking about Homeland Security. And they're trying to make us believe that these are the thoughts that are going through her head. But really, they're not the thoughts. She's just putting in her contact lens, getting ready for the day. There's no mu- music, just flashbacks to her and stew chains. We see a drawer of pills. I mean, she opens up that drawer, and there's just like five, six, seven pill bottles. 
and she reveals that she started taking antidepressants after her father passed. And she says, I got to a good place until I got indicted. And we see her say again, which she says this every single week, she says, uh, I am tired of people questioning my innocence. Every week on the show. It's one thing you could, what's that saying? You could be sure every, uh, death and taxes are the only sure things in life. And I think the thing we can add to that is Jen Shah saying she's innocent when she's, we know that she pled guilty. So that's something we could add to that list because it's every single week we're getting a sound clip of her just being like, I'm sick of people telling me that I'm not innocent. And it's like, what, Jen? Every single week. Every single week. Then we cut to Sarah Paulson and Dana and Heather. They're at a sandwich shop. And these sandwiches, I just have to say, these sandwiches look good. I'm a big sandwich junkie. I love a good fresh sandwich. This sandwich looked phenomenal. I don't know. I think it was Sarah Paulson was eating the sandwich. And meanwhile, Sarah Paulson ain't invited to this trip. I don't understand this trip because it's Jen Shaw's trip, but then the other Angie's doing the trip. It's all to San Diego. And I felt like we're inviting Dana and the other Angie, but we're not inviting Sarah Paulson. Like, what's going on here? Bravo producers. I know Jen is pissed at Angie, is it Angie Harrington? Because these Angies, I hate it. And so I'm thinking, why isn't Angie, Sarah Paulson invited to this girl's trip? But everybody else is invited. And as Sarah Paulson, Dana, and Heather are sitting down talking about this trip, and Dana brings up the girl's trip. And meanwhile, everyone's trying to figure out if they're invited to this cast trip because no one knows who's in this cast. Even the cast members are still unclear of who's got the contract and who doesn't. You see Heather's face. She's doing a scene with these gals, and she's like, I'm not even sure if you're in this cast or not. She don't know if the uh, footage is going to be on the cutting room floor or what. They're all playing musical chairs for a snowflake. And it, it, I understand because the five women that are in the main cast, that you know, Whitney Wilde Rose, Jen Shaw, Meredith Marks, and the, they don't know who the other cast members are because it was changing so rapidly as they were filming. Remember, Mary Cosby decided not to show back up. And then the other one who had all that racist posts on Facebook, she they decided to get rid of her. And so it's like nobody knows who's going to be in this cast or not. And so you even see, as Heather's doing this scene with these two women, she's probably thinking in her head, like, are we going to show this footage? Are they in? Am I just talking to randos? Are we still auditioning? Is this test footage? Like, nobody knows. And you could see that in the scene. And so Heather even says, she's like, no one wants me on this trip, but she's going anyway because she doesn't know if she's got even job security because nobody does in this cast. And uh, we don't know, Dan, I don't know if she's going to show up. And I mean, it's truly chaotic, and I loved it. Then we cut to Jen and Meredith. Now, Meredith shows up to Jen's house in the rain. I was waiting to find a charcuterie. This was the first episode, I think, that I didn't see any charcuterie. Not a charcuterie plate to be found. It was the first episode the whole season. Now, Jen and Meredith are talking. Now, I can't even believe that they're friends. But when Meredith shows up to her house, there's a sign that says, uh, this is a very specific sign on Jen Shaw's doorway that I've never seen on anybody door, anybody's doorway. And the fact that it's on Jen Shaw's doorway is just something that uh, I feel like I could talk about that for 45 minutes because it just says no solicitors. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that because the house is full of solicitors? Someone who's... I mean, isn't that what the crimes that she's being accused of? She was calling up, she was soliciting old people and tricking them, bamboozling them. So the fact that she's got a sign, she went out of her way to get a sign that says no solicitors. I mean, it's like you can't write that kind of thing. You can't write that kind of thing. And meanwhile, Meredith is in all white bell bottoms. I mean, they're all, they're wearing all white. And the bell bottom work that Meredith Marks is doing in this episode, I, every outfit she was wearing the bell bottoms, I'm like, are they back in? I'm into them. I'm ready to go out and get me some bell bottoms because I'm seeing Meredith Marks in the bell bottoms. 
Now, Jen reveals to Meredith that her relationship with Allah has helped her in her indictment journey. And Meredith reveals that Dana should be going to the trip. Meredith sticks up for Dana, and even though the last episode, Jen Shah said, Dana's not coming on the trip. Meredith says, you should let Dana come on the trip. So Meredith invited Dana. And then I was thinking, well, if Meredith's allowed to invite someone that Jen Shah hates, why can't Heather invite someone that Jen Shah hates and invite Sarah Paulson? Like, what are these rules? They don't make no sense. The rules don't make no sense. And that's part of what I love about this show. But Jen also, speaking of things that don't make sense, Jen reveals that Meredith is going to be the CEO of fun for the San Diego trip. The CEO of fun is going to be Meredith Marks. I think I'll have a Chardonnay. Now, I don't know anyone less qualified. (laughs) I've never seen anyone less qualified for an open position than Meredith Marks uh, being the CEO of fun for a San Diego trip. Because I, and as much as I love my Meredith Marks, I just thought of all people, Meredith Marks is going to be the CEO of fun. And I'm not sure who else. I mean, I thought out of this cast member, maybe Whitney Wild Rose would be the CEO of fun because of course we remembered they even flashed back to it in this episode of when Jen Shaw was uh, pouring champagne up her hoo-ha on that, uh, that whatever that bus was that they were riding around on their other domestic trip this season. So I thought maybe that's the CEO of fun. Or maybe Heather Gay, wasn't she called her, wasn't somebody called her a good time gal? Lisa Barlow was like, Heather's a good time gal in college or something like that. So that maybe Heather Gay would be the CEO of fun. Lisa Barlow, of course, has got Vita Tequila. She owns a whole tequila company. So I thought maybe she could be the CEO of fun. But nope, we're going with Meredith motherfucking Marks. And so I love that she's the least qualified for the position and is the one that's taking it on. And I support that. I support the dichotomy of that. Then we get footage of all the gals packing for their San Diego trip. And they're going for three days. They're going domestically to San Diego. And Lisa Barlow's packing three bags. She's like, I got to stop at Louis Vuitton. And I was like, what do you need at Louis Vuitton? Another stupid looking hat. Stupid looking hat. (laughs) Packing for San Diego. I mean, it was just nothing wrong with San Diego. But again, it's like a three day trip to San Diego. I'm not sure that we need a whole lot of stuff for this. But Lisa's going to, she's going to go to Louis Vuitton, pick up some stupid looking hats. And then we see Jen Shaw and Angie, the uh, not the Angie she hates, the Angie she likes. Now, I was so distracted by this because they're sort of planning this trip together. I guess Angie got the house, but then it's Jen Shaw's trip. But really, it's like the producer's trip. So it's all fucking nuts that we're all pretending all this stuff. But the point is, I was so distracted. And I'm not sure if anyone else caught this, but Jen Shaw was drinking out of a mug that just said, Okay, I hate to even say this. It pains me to even say this, but this was on a coffee mug at Jen Shah's house. It just said, Shah the fa up. <laughs> now, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? What the fuck does that mean? Shah the fa up. Now, I understand, I guess it's a play on words of shut the fuck up. But it, we're we're really playing fast and loose with the rules of the English language here. And I am sorry to say, and maybe I'm missing something, but it just feels like a real stretch to relate shut the fuck up with sha the fa up. <laughs> and I thought, is she actually selling these mugs? Because I think I need to get me one. I'm going to go on the website as soon as we're done here and buy it because it it's, makes no sense to me. And now I, all I can think about is the sha the fa up mug. And like, I've never heard her say shut the fuck up. And I know she says, I'm shamazing and I got legal drama. And it's like all the, she's doing a lot of the shah work we've seen over the past three seasons. But this was like a new level for her. even her shah the fa up. It was like, what are we doing here? 
I mean, this is real, real stretch for the merch. And I have already complained about the merch on the Salt Lake City Outsides because you know I got pissed that Whitney Wild Rose is selling merch with Mary Cosby's little girl catchphrase. And now Jen Shah is selling Shah the Fa'ap. Now, a catchphrase is something not everyone gets a catchphrase. And we can't just make merch willy-nilly. Which, speaking of, we got new Everything Iconic merch. Ladies, am I right? We got shirts that say, ladies, am I right? They're shipping this week. So if you want them, go to everythingiconic.store. Now, uh, that said, after I just plugged the Ladies Am I Right merch that we got, we also got more of the Christmas t-shirts in everythingiconic.store. Get stuff for the holidays. Get some merch for the holidays. Ladies Am I Right. Got shirts. We got wine glasses that say, Ladies Am I Right. But none of that will live up to Shah the Fa'at mug. But catchphrases are hard to get. And so the fact that these women oftentimes, they put the merch ahead of the catchphrase. Like, it hasn't even caught on yet. And you're doing the merch. I don't feel like Shah the Fa'ap has ever caught on. <laughs> Maybe it will now. But I just thought, oh, you really merchandise mugs. And I've never heard anyone say Shah the Fa'ap. And yet here's the mugs already ready to go. Ret to go. Shah the Fa'ap mug. And I never even heard her say that. So they put the cart before the horse. Or what's that saying? Horse before the cart. Whatever. The horse uh, and the cart. They put it before the right one. And so I just am begging these women to wait until it catches on for a moment and then do the merch. And by the way, go buy that stuff at everythingiconic.store. We also have signed copies of my book there. If you want to get a signed copy for someone under the Christmas tree, it's a great gift. Ladies, am I right? Okay, let's take a break here. That's a good time to take our little breather. I want to thank Acast. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And we'll be right back. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 65-day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listing, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent, 
can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back, little girls. Little girl. Okay, so now everyone is going to the airport to go on this trip. No one wants to go. Not a single person in the cast. Lisa shows up at the airport. Somebody says, good morning. She's like, I don't know if it's a good morning yet. And then Seth is saying goodbye to Meredith. Meth is just saying, look out for the shot and fraud. You know, he's saying to his wife because he's worried about the other gals. No one wants to go. Not a single person. Whitney says in her confessional, yay, another domestic trip because of Jen's court order. (laughs) Nobody. Nobody wants to go here. They're all dreading it. The looks on their faces, it's like they're going to boot camp or something. Like They are in the worst of spirits. I've never seen a cast of characters less equipped to go on a girl's trip and yet having to pretend through their gritted teeth that they want to go on this girl's trip because they all hate each other. Every last one of them hates the other one. Not a single one of them is getting along. Not even like, in ordinary circumstances, you could at least uh, rely on Jen Shaw and Heather Gay to be getting along. Those two aren't getting along. Uh, Whitney and uh, Whitney and Heather aren't getting along. Of course, Lisa and Meredith used to be besties. They don't like each other. Not one grouping of these women cares for each other, not even in the slightest. Then we got them two new women that are competing for a slot, and then neither one of them got it. Either one of them got that snowflake. And so they're all going on this trip and just watching them arrive at the airport being like, oh, it's not a great morning. And like, <laughs> they're going, I don't know, off to war or something. Like nobody wants to go. And in some ways they are going off to war for our entertainment. And I appreciate that. So I'm grateful they're going on this domestic trip because of Jen's court order to San Diego. Uh, but I do understand that none of them want to be there, and it is a job for them. And so we're not even trying to pretend at this point that they're friends because every soundbite is just them being like, ugh, I gotta go with these women a fucking again. <laughs> oh, I love it. Then they get in a sprinter van. Ugh, seeing the Salt Lake women in a, a sprinter van, the boost of everything that I get, the boost of serotonin, the endorphin levels, it's all so good when I see them in that sprinter van. I can't even imagine getting in a sprinter van as these women after they, what they've been through the last season with Homeland Security. We see them talking about the fun they're going to have on this trip. Jen says, don't be a bitch unless you're a fun bitch. And she says, in order to be a fun bitch, you can say F you, but the titties better be out. And so that's the rules. That's a that's what Meredith's got to look at as the CEO of fun. <laughs> Meanwhile, they all show up to the San Diego house. It's much better than that 1998 Arizona house. So this looks like it's at least in our era. They're in San Diego. It's a beautiful home. Meredith shows up in the bell bottoms. Angie's giving the tour and acting as if she's the host. Meanwhile, it's like the producers are the host, but we're all pretending this is a thing. And one of the rooms, did you guys see, what was that one room with the pull-out bed off the living room? I mean, that was bleak. That was bleak. And I know one of the things the producers and production have decided is a good idea to do on these shows, and it's happening over there on Potomac, is like they rent a house for these women with not enough bedrooms or where there's at least one really shitty room. And so here in Salt Lake City, it was like there's this one room that they showed very quickly where it was like a the, it was the pull-out bed, and it was very small off the living room. And I thought, I would not want to stay there. Not want to be there. 
And I wondered who, I don't know who got that room. I'm assuming it was Dana or Angie. Actually, it was probably Dana because Angie was the one who booked this house, allegedly. Although we know that's not true. Lying to us. And so I bet you Dana got that shitty room. She probably did. And they were, there was this big thing about how Jen Shaw was, didn't get the best room. And they were saying like, Whitney's like, well, Jen Shaw always gets the nice room, the primary bedroom, because she's going to jail. And it's like, why is she? Because she's being indicted. She's going to get the best. It's like the most bizarre thing. And I, we talked about it last time when they went to that other shitty house. Not that any room in that house was nice. Ladies, am I right? But this one, especially, it's like, why should Jen? I don't even understand it. Like, it's the most backwards thing of like, this woman committed these crimes, bamboozled the elderly. So like, let's give her the nicest room. <laughs> and I know she is, I suppose she is going away, apparently, maybe. And although that court case keeps getting pushed back, doesn't it? Every time I see the news, it's like Jen Shaw's court date pushed back. I'm like, when are we going to get to that court date? Because I'm curious. Like, George, I'm curious. I need to know what's happening with the Jen Shaw Shah court case. I need to know if she's going to jail or if she's going to be drinking her Shah the mug from home because I need some answers. It's taken too long. I know the courts are busy. It's the holiday season. That's right. Get on your feet. It's the holiday. They need to get on their feet and they need to do the court case. It seems like nobody wants to work these days. And I'm sick of it because I have been looking forward to that court case. And of course, uh, I've been following it. But every time I see an update about it, I got the Google alert. And the Google alert keeps saying, oh, it's been pushed back to January, pushed back to November, pushed back to like, get your ass in the court and work, judges and whoever. I don't know who's in charge of that. Who's in charge of that? Is we got anyone listening to the show right now that can let us know some information why it keeps getting pushed back? How does it keep getting pushed back? Get your ass up and do the court case. Do the court case. Because I am impatient and curious and curious. Anyway, so Jen doesn't get that primary bedroom. Jen's pissed because she said she planned the trip and she didn't get the best room. But then it was like Angie says she... And then Jen just pours the drink. She pours the drink on Angie. Look what you did, you little jerk. And everyone's just sitting there like, what the fuck just happened? Like, no, one knows. no one knows how to react. They're all afraid of Jen, so they're all just zip their lips. And they're not even sure if Angie's on camera or not. They're like, is she even in the cast or is she just a PA or something? Like, nobody knows because they don't know who's in the official cast. So they're probably thinking, I don't even know if it's worth it to react or defend this woman. And Angie and Jen were like besties. Uh, Angie had planned this whole party for Coach Shaw, and she paid for the whole thing, apparently. And they seemed to be besties. And now Jen just decides to pour the the drink over her head. And you can see Angie turn on Jen in real time. But Jen tried to cover it up and then poured her drink on her own fucking head. She's like, I did it to myself, so it's not a big deal. And it's like, well, it is a big deal. Like, if somebody poured a drink on my head... It's not a joke. That's not a fun thing to do. And Jen was just acting like, what? I'm having fun. I'm having a good time. It's like, that's not a good time. It was so humiliating. And I just would have been so devastated if in front of people and on camera, my friend, the person I was supposed to be closest with, poured a drink over my fucking head. And so Angie does snap. And I was proud of Angie for snapping, although I wish somebody would have snapped in the moment. Because Angie didn't snap in the moment. She just sort of stood there. And then all the other gals, it was the most awkward scene I've ever seen in my whole fucking life. I mean, them all just staring around. Lisa Barlow staring. Heather Gay staring. Nobody said a thing, a single word. It was the most awkward. These women are like strangers just staring off at each other in the distance. I'm like, haven't you been filming three seasons together? How come nobody could say one word? Just give me some sort of reaction in real time. It was like the camera was on all of them after she poured the drink in Angie's head. 
And it was just staring off into the distance. It was like we were, what was happening there? It was the oddest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. It's like nobody has any relationship. Meanwhile, the only thing they are, the only thing we are hearing, we're not hearing any of the women speak up, but we are hearing that fucking choir play in the background. It was like, that choir is always going like, ha, 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 ha. Like, that's all I hear. And I'm like, why aren't I hearing any sound bites from these women after somebody poured a drink? We're just hearing that, ha, 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 ha. Sounds like two jackrabbits fucking in the background. And it's like the choir that plays over every scene in the real Salt Lake City doing so much choir work. I mean, that, whoever's scoring this soundtrack, John Williams wishes, because, I mean, none of these, <laughs> I don't know who else is scoring like they are on The Real Houses of Salt Lake City. I don't know who else is behind a piano. Uh, Hans Zimmer couldn't do the what they're doing over here on Salt Lake City because the score in this show, we're getting that choir work every fucking scene. Ha, 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 ha. And it's building tension, and it's like, I mean, I talk about the Home Alone score a lot. I've mentioned that on this podcast before, that music that plays in Home Alone. I think it's like one of the best scores ever. It's by John Williams. And it's like, that's got nothing on the Salt Lake City Housewives. It's got nothing. It's less incompetence compared to the real house of Salt Lake City. You're what the French call les incompetents. What? John. Artist John Williams needs to get his ass up and work because it seems like nobody wants to work these days. I hope, is he still with us? John Williams, I think he is. The you know the PNC. He's the in, instrumental guy. I hope he's still with us. Anyway, it's a beautiful score, but it's nothing compared to the Salt Lake City Housewives. Anyway, Jen um, pours the thing, and then Whitney says it's not fun. She says pouring champagne up someone's skirt is fun, but what Jen did is not fun. And they show a flashback of when Jen was pouring the champs up Whitney's hoo-ha up her Meredith Grey. And they were having fun on that bus. Then Lisa says she feels bad because she didn't stick up for you. I should have stuck up for you. And it's like, yeah, Lisa, you should have said something. Lisa Barlow, say something. I, I Say something. I'm giving up on you. Wasn't that a Christina Aguilera song? Remember that dramatic Christina Aguilera song? Say something. I'm giving up on you. I'm like, say something. Say something, Lisa Barlow. I'm giving up on you. And now this is when Angie snaps. She says she paid for a coach's entire party, which is like, why? Obviously, the reason that Angie paid for that entire party, which she said was $15,000, and she read all the receipts on camera, but it was to try to get on the show. Like, that's what we got to read between the lines here, because that's what Angie paid. Because I guarantee she was convinced that if she paid that money, they'd put her on the show. And she was right, because they're putting her on the show, although she didn't get a snowflake. But I think oftentimes when these women are being cast for the show or auditioning for the show, they're thinking, what can I do? How can I show my extravagance, my elegance, my whatever, showcase money? And so if I throw a $15,000 birthday party for one of the main cast members, that'll help me get on the show. So she was right. But the truth is, she's not making fifteen k a season as a friend of, especially on Salt Lake City Housewives. I can only imagine what her paycheck is. But I don't imagine it paid for that party. And so now she finally snaps. She says, she's reading the receipts. She said, Jen's going to get a bill when I get home. I will no longer pay for that party. And I'm thinking, like, why is she sending them a bill? She should be sending production a bill. Because shouldn't production be paying for the season premiere opener party? I mean, let's loosen up the purse strings, Bravo. I mean, although I do actually commend... You know what? Actually, don't loosen up the purse strings, Bravo. I commend you for this. Because that allowed more budget in the season for us to go, although we're not really going on trips, actually. I was going to say it opened up more money for us to go on extravagant vacations, and then I just remembered the vacations were going on, and obviously that's not where the money's going either. So where's the money going? If Bravo's not paying for that season premiere party that Angie threw that was $15,000, and they're not paying for luxurious vacations for us to go on, where's the budget? Where's the money? Is there money? 
maybe there is no money here in Salt Lake City. Maybe we're just paying them in Buffalo Wild Wings gift cards and asking them to show up on set and bring some drama. Because otherwise, I'm not sure where's all the money on screen. Beverly Hills Housewives, they're going to these gorgeous Aspen locations. They're buying expensive hats. Stupid looking hat. And here in Salt Lake City, they're going to Arizona House in 98, and then they're going to San Diego domestically. So what's the truth? Where's the money going if they're making the women pay for the parties? I hate to be the smoking gun here, but I'm not sure where that money's going. I guess to the choir. I guess whoever's scoring this show, that's where they're giving the money. And maybe that's not a bad thing either. Anyway, then we uh, cut to Heather and Dana getting ready, ready. Heather's on Jen's side now all of a sudden. She's happy the tides have turned and everyone's moved on so quickly from their feuds with her. But Heather tells Dana not to fuck with Jen. She's like, don't you fuck with Jen. She planned this trip. And I'm like, well, production plan the trip. But like, it's all crazy because I thought, I thought Heather and Jen weren't getting along. Now they're getting along. It's like the allegiances change so quickly on this show. Again, Jen and Angie, they were besties. And then all of a sudden they're pouring drinks on each other's sets and they're hating each other. So it's craziness. It's all happening so quickly. And no one has flipped as immediately as Angie did. And we see her on the phone talking with her, I believe, husband about how Jen conned her out of that money for Coach's party. And I've never seen the rapidness at which she flipped. And Lisa Barlow is now on Angie K's side. And I thought Lisa Barlow was on Jen's. I mean, like, I can't keep up with the allegiances on this. It's like insanity. It's moving so quickly. And I understand why people maybe don't watch The Real House of Salt Lake City or why they can't get into this show because you have to be sitting and studying it and taking notes. It's for a very elevated mind, this show. I believe that you have to be a very intelligent individual to be uh, following this program more so than anything else. I mean, Mar of Easttown or one of those prestigious dramas, I mean, that's got nothing on this show. I'm really loving White Lotus and White Lotus on HBO. It's like one of my favorite shows out there. This season's got so many twists and turns, and it's also slow paced, but then there's so much happening beneath the surface. And yet still, I feel like I got to use my brain more when I'm watching The Real House of Salt Lake City than I got to do White Lotus season two, because you got to have very elevated mind. And so I often hear from people, podcast listeners, who maybe they don't listen to Salt Lake City recaps because they can't get into the Salt Lake City show. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, the people who are getting into it, they got a they got a good mind. They got a beautiful mind, in fact, like Russell Crowe. I imagine those of us who are watching the Salt Lake City Housewives, we're the kind of people who do crossword puzzles. We do Sudoku for fun. That's the kind of brain that is getting into this program because you can't just have a passing a, a passing interest in this show like you can some of the other franchises because it's moving at a rapid pace. Especially now during the holiday season, we all got so much on our brains. It's like to have to sit down and watch this show and try to follow it. I mean, you got to take notes. You got to, I'm taking studious notes. And yet I still am like, how the fuck did this happen? Or who's friends with whom now? I can't figure it out. Anyway, then we get an awkward scene on the Sprinter bus. The Sprinter bus. Everyone, some of them are wearing white. And Angie's afraid to sit next to Lisa Barlow because of Lisa Barlow's spray tan and she's wearing white. <laughs> Remember, uh, there's nothing better than a housewife in a spray tan and how it gets on the furniture and stuff. Remember when Barbara Kay, remember Bullet Babs uh, over on the Real Houses in New York City when she left that one house they stayed in in Miami and it was just like her orange spray tan everywhere. <laughs> oh, I love these women. I feel so blessed. Happy holidays. That's right, get on your feet. It's the holidays. 
Okay, so Sprinter Bus, Jen says people get mad because she speaks the truth. And it's like, I don't think that's why people get mad, Jen Shah. I don't know if you do speak the truth. I'm not sure. Jen says Angie needs to apologize. And Angie's like, what do I need to apologize for? Like, you were the one who poured a drink on my face, on my head. And Jen's like, I poured one on myself, too. And I'm like, why is nobody sticking up for Angie? Because it was wrong of her to do. And then Angie throws out the smoking gun about Sharif's party. And then we see this footage of Heather was at the walkthrough for the party. And Angie wanted to pay for the whole thing because she wanted to get on the show. So it's really on Angie to not get the money. Because she decided to do that because she wanted to get on the show. She said, today's a tipping point for me. And she says, I'm a respected woman. And Jen's like, so am I. And then Angie's like, well, then how come you can't keep a fucking friendship? And then it's revealed that Jen gave Angie K a 5K necklace. Uh, why? It was like she was wearing a necklace and then just gave it to her as $5,000. She was wearing it already, though. And Angie's like, I don't want that necklace because the courts will come after me. <laughs> I mean, this is an elevated program. Again, I just have to say, this is better than, uh, this is prestige television. I just feel bad for people who aren't watching it because it's so, so good. Now, Angie said she didn't hear from Jen for days. Jen didn't show up to clean up after the party. She didn't do nothing. Angie calls Jen a bitch. And then Jen says, well, I am right now. Or no, that I'm sorry, that's Angie who says, I am a bitch right now. And then Jen says, well, if this is what we're doing, I'm owed money for Meredith's party. Remember in season one, Jen threw a party for Meredith? I think she says it was either. I think she said it was eighty thousand dollars or eight thousand dollars. I can't be clear on that because I couldn't tell. Both numbers sound insane to me to throw a party, but Meredith, uh, they do change the conversation about Meredith being in a Sprinter van because Meredith, remember, she although she's the CEO of Fun, and I'm not seeing a whole lot of fun on screen. She's the CEO of Fun this trip, but remember in the other trip when Jen Shaw got arrested by Homeland Security, Meredith didn't make it on that sprint of us because she was already in the house in a bathtub. She said that whole bathtub scene for three hours. Anyway, it's crazy, and they're all driving the Sprinter van. None of them are getting along. No fun is being had, but they're going to a yacht. And Heather points out, she's like, I don't think we need to be getting on a boat because uh, we're all hating each other, and we shouldn't be out to sea with a group of people we don't like. But they get on this yacht. There's a gorgeous captain. Heather says she wants to be stranded at sea with this captain. I agree with her. I approve that message. I like dick. And then this bartender, which I could talk about this. I know we got to wrap up this show because it's been going long already. But the bartender who showed up on this yacht, this woman, showed up, twirling the hair, bubbies out, asking them what they want to drink. I'm like, who's this woman? Get her a snowflake. I know we're still in the midst of casting this program with the Danas and the Angies and whatever. And maybe we need to get this woman on because she showed up asking them what they want to drink, just twirling the hair, bubbies out. And they said something to her. They were like, oh, you got the bubbies out. And I just love this woman. And I don't know what her story is, but we need to find out. I need more information about this woman. The bartender, get her on the line. I don't know. Matt, make a note. Okay, I'm going to have Matt make a note. I'm going to make a note because we need to get her on the pod because she is interesting to me with the bubbies out. Bubby's wide out. Jen starts yelling then about Angie being fake as fuck. And Jen's like, why would I need to have a party at her house? Meredith's saying that Jen's going through all this stuff, so she's being really empathetic to Jen. The episode ends next week on the show. Jen throws some of his shoes in the ocean. Then Jen fights with everybody in this cast. Every single person in this cast she's just fighting with. I mean, this show is so chaotic. Completely unhinged television. Love every second. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Bravo. Thank you, Salt Lake City Women, for giving us this wonderful entertainment. 
Speaking of wonderful entertainment, let's take a minute to talk about The Real Housewives. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Potomac. All right, The Real House is Potomac. What I do want to talk about is the Mia Wendy of it all. Now, we haven't gotten to discuss this feud that's happening. I am firmly planted on Team Wendy. And I think even Mia's on Team Wendy because I've seen on social media, she said she released a statement or something saying that how wrong she was for what she did. She picked this fight about Peter. Peter from The Real House of Atlanta causing all this drama on The Real House of Potomac. And I don't even think that Peter, who's someone who I do believe likes to start drama, I don't even think Peter was aware of this drama that was happening. I feel like Mia just decided to run with this thing. And as they're in Miami, or is that where they are? Yeah, they're in Miami. They're at this dinner. Mia comes back to the table, and she obviously is trying to start something with Wendy. Now, here's the thing about Mia. None of her motivations make any sense, and I kind of like that about her. But also, it's completely it's difficult to watch, and I bet it's difficult to produce and to edit this show with her because it's hard to understand where she's coming from because I don't think she even knows where she's coming from. I think she's doing... I think she's watched maybe Giselle. Giselle does a great job of stirring the pot on this show. But Giselle knows how to do it in a less, in a more subtle way. And I think Ashley, to some degree, does as well. Although their allegiances change quite often, I still feel like they understand that they need to have a motivation behind their actions. Whereas Mia is forgetting that. She just saw Giselle stirring the pot with all sorts of different people. And is like, oh, that's what I need to do too to be successful on this show. But instead, it's coming across like, Mia, what are you, I don't understand. Because earlier in the season, remember she had that thing with Giselle and Robin and her, the cancer stuff that came up early in the season and seemed like they weren't going to get along. But then she completely moved on from that. And then she started hating Wendy. And it's like she, and, and this past week's episode when she went to the car and was yelling at Ashley and Candace, it's like nobody understands. And then she gets mad at Karen and, it's hard to understand where she's coming from. And I worry as a housewife, because although I think Bravo likes the chaos, I think they still have to be, they want the audience to be able to follow the storyline. And I can't follow the storyline of what Mia's doing. Because every scene she's in, she's deciding to pick a fight with somebody new, and there it's not motivated by any action. She's very loosely having an action. And so she did say on social media that what she did with Wendy was wrong, and I agree she shouldn't have uh, dropped the thing. And Wendy kept her cool. And then it was so odd to me, Robin was filming it. And I think, yes, there was a whole camera crew that was filming this thing. I think what Robin was trying to do 
was to have the footage. And I do not care for Robin, by the way. But I do understand that what she was trying to do was like keep the footage because it's not like Bravo is going to show them the footage the rest of the season. So A, she wanted the footage, I think, to show Candace, but then also to have the footage to look back and see uh, was she wrong or who was right and who was wrong. But ultimately, I think she should have watched that fucking footage and been like, oh, uh, it was actually Mia that was in the wrong, right? Like it was so weird to me. And I understand that Robin hates Wendy. So she hates Wendy. She don't like her. But it was just like, ugh, the, everything about Robin's been doing these past couple episodes has been so cringy to me. And I, I never really like loved Robin, but I, I liked her enough, you know, I didn't dislike her past seasons, I don't think. And yet this season, I'm just not on board. And, and I think there is some disconnect because I do think that a lot of the women don't really care for Wendy. So it's also weird that to me that no one's really sticking up for her. And Candace wasn't on the trip. I think Wendy and Candace are the most close with each other. But it's all just weird. It's a little weirdness. And I'm loving watching it, but I, I just find it frustrating to watch that no one seems to be sticking up for Wendy. Karen kind of did. But it just it seemed to me that it was so clear that Mia was in the wrong. And so I felt like, why isn't anyone else? And I understand Robin and Giselle hate Wendy, so of course they're not going to stick up for it. But it just felt like Ashley was kind of dipping her toe in, but nobody was doing it all that strongly. And that was what was frustrating to me. Speaking of Candace, I'm loving Candace this season. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving her. And I'm happy that she's with Trina. She's got the new song, which I listened to, and I thought it was fantastic. It's called Insecure. It's on Spotify now. And it's kind of got the same vibe, vibe as the drive back. Drive back. Make me come back. Oh, I love that song. So I'm loving Candace. I'm loving the success of her career. I don't like that everyone's coming for Candace. I'm excited that she's on the trip because I missed her, even though she just missed a couple hours, and yet it seemed like so much time that she had missed. Sharice, I'm not understanding the inclusion of Sharice this season. I was excited for her to return, but it seems like it's landing with a thud. She seems to be dropping her alliances like flies, too. And she uh, was meeting with Peter this past week and saying, well, Peter, I want to get into business with you. And I was like, what are you doing, Sharice? What are you doing, Sharice? She's getting involved with Peter. Why is everyone getting involved with Peter? Meanwhile, she wants to go to another house, but she can't leave the hotel because she knows that if she leaves the hotel, she won't be on camera because she's not a main cast member. So whereas Wendy decided, oh, I'm going to go to the hotel for a night because Wendy knows that she's got a spot on the show. She's got the champagne flute in the opening intro. But Sharice don't have that. So every week that they're in Miami, we just see Sharice like looking at her phone. She keeps talking about calling the travel agents because she don't got anywhere to poop. She don't got her own bathroom. And so she's thinking, I got to leave, but then she can't ultimately leave because she's not in the main cast. And so if she leaves, she's not going to be on camera. And she knows that. She's smart enough to know that. And so she's just sitting around on the edge of her seat thinking about where she's going to go, but then ultimately not going nowhere. <sighs> anyway, I'm loving Potomac this season. This Miami trip is great. And this is another uh, another uh, season of TV where the alliances are shifting and it's keeping us on our toes. I just want Mia to be a little more grounded because I think that Mia could be a really wonderful housewife. She's got so much chaos that I'm liking. And she's doing this thing that's really interesting to me where she's making Candace and Ashley, who are frenemies, she's making them come together in their hatred of her, which is very fascinating to me. So I think there's like a lot of good stuff of having Mia around. I just need her to find her footing. The friend isn't working for me. I forget the friend's name who's there with Mia. She's just following Mia around and kind of parroting what she says. And she's it's a blind loyalty that's a little uncomfortable for me to watch with Mia's friend. And so I don't love the friend. But I think Mia, there's like a, a good base there for a good house. I just need her to get a little more grounded. And I also need her to get some allegiances with one or two people in this cast so that she 
can be stronger in her convictions and that they'll make more sense. And then I think that she could be an A plus housewife. So I don't want to get rid of her. I just, it's kind of tough to watch what she's doing because she's picking fights for seemingly no reasons. And I don't care for that. Anyway, that's the episode this week. I love you all so much for listening. By the way, we have a great interview coming up next week. I can't wait to share with you all. I'm going to be doing the recaps, I think, together for the Potomac and the Salt Lake City episodes because it's just too much for me to be doing the two or three episodes a week plus doing the holiday podcast, which I hope you all listen to. We have such a fun time over there. It's called the Very Merry Iconic Podcast. Again, go to our everythingiconic.store for all the merch. You can also get my book at Amazon. It's on. It's been on sale on Amazon. How do I unremember this? I love you all so much for listening. Let's do our cheesy little cool down. We need it. Let's take a deep breath in. That's right. Get on your feet. It's the holiday. This clip, by the way, is from The View. <laughs> That clip that I keep playing, Ad Nauseam, is from The View. And it's uh, Lady Gaga when she performed. I believe it was with Tony Bennett, but it makes me laugh. Get on your feet. It's the holidays. Did I tell you to breathe out? Unclear. Take a deep breath in. Take a deep breath out, babies. Baby girls. Little girls. Little girl. Just remember to take those deep breaths. We need it. We need it. And go watch some holiday episodes of your favorite classic sitcoms. You can do that on all the platforms are doing it, I think. Hulu had the old episodes, too. I was watching old... It's like a holiday collection. You can watch old holiday episodes of all the classics. Love you all so much for listening. Stay safe, and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.